our next uh, speaker will be Venerable Priya Rakid Sharman. Uh, also, that's not him. That's not him. That's Kusala. There he is, uh, who also has a beautiful smile. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's wonderful to see our just absolutely brilliant and wonderful students again. I haven't seen him for a few years since he moved down to Emory University where he is serving as the Buddhist chaplain at Emory University. Uh, he is originally from Bangladesh and he joined Harvard Divinity School in 2014. At first he was also a BMI fellow and then he went on to get his degree here also as an MDiv student in 2017. So Priya, if you would be so kind as to give us some sense of how what you learned at the school has helped you in your career and the work that you're doing uh, since you graduated. Thank you so much, Professor Gyat. So it's very nice to see you after some years. Um, I am taking Professor Hellesis. I'm one of the people who is uh, taking Professor Hellesis uh, Pali class. Um, so I get to see him twice a week, um, but uh, I have seen you a few years ago last. But it's good to see you. And I just say at this point that um, I'm enjoying, I have enjoyed everyone's uh, sharing so far. And it's just so nice hearing everyone. And also um, for me, uh, going back to Cambridge and uh, and all those memories um, uh, that I shared with uh, with with many of you, with, with, with Venerable Kusala and, and also Samita, we at one point we shared the the apartment um, while we were uh, classmates. So many interesting experiences. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about uh, my chaplaincy work. Um, so I joined um, chaplaincy, Tufts University chaplaincy first, uh, and then now I am at Emory University. Um, but uh, my connection to First of all, as, as Venerable Kusala mentioned, CPE, chaplaincy, ministry, and all of these words were new to us, to me as well. So coming to Harvard Divinity School, it was a kind of a new introduction to a new kind of um, service that when we heard or when I heard about all of this, when I started learning about this, immediately I felt like uh, this is similar to the kind of work Buddhist monastics do in Asia. Uh, maybe without proper formal education or training, but being a monastic, this is the kind of service that they're expected to do, uh, at least. Uh, so it was really interesting. I went in the direction of higher ed chaplaincy, and that is how I, I connected to Tufts University chaplaincy through my internship uh, for the MD field education requirement. And um, when I graduated, I just continued at Tufts University. That's how much I found value in my work. And about um, how my experience at HDS informs uh, my work as a university chaplain, I can say that um, some of the courses, definitely courses on spiritual care and counseling, uh, courses on meaning making were especially or are especially useful uh, especially in times of addressing spiritual, emotional needs with students and members uh, in the campus. So uh, many thanks to all the discussions and teachings by um, Chris Berlin, uh, Professor Cheryl Giles, uh, Willa Miller, uh, uh, and all the other professors 
in these courses. Um, I want to also say that uh, as campus is my workplace, uh, intellectual engagement with the community is uh, a common feature in my work. So all the courses that I took on scriptural engagement have been especially relevant in those moments because oftentimes my conversations about um, Buddhism with our students go into Buddhist scriptures, narratives, and ways of understanding the narratives, to, uh, talking about the Buddha's journey um, as a prince and then pursuit of enlightenment. So referring to the life story of the Buddha or his great disciples or the Jatakas, you know, so a lot of the times I have found that I am reflecting on those um, methods of engaging with scriptures or stories or narratives as I'm talking to my students, sometimes selecting parts of the story that I find is interesting, not necessarily the entire uh, story itself. So I found that I would just go back to my classrooms or the discussions that I've had before um, and, and how informative all of that was um, in my interaction with students and how that kind of led to the expansion of um, the understanding of Buddhism in the minds of the students, right? A lot of them may have no background in Buddhism or a lot of them have some background from some books like Siddhartha they may have read before coming coming and talking to a Buddhist monk on, on campus. So one thing I'll say is that when I started my experience at Tufts University, a lot of the time, this was the first time that these students have ever met a Buddhist monastic in their life in person. So um, just, you know, they would come with a lot of questions, uh, basic questions, maybe not so basic, um, advanced, deeper questions about Buddhism. Um, not saying that I was able to respond to all of them helpfully, but I tried my best. And during those times, I took refuge in the teachings uh, and, and learnings I had from Harvard Divinity School. Um, and, and connected to that is the Pali class that I continue to participate even now, years after my graduation from HDS. Uh, I think of that uh, as an important resource for me now, uh, because the, um, for me at least, um, I love that we do this as a kind of a seminar, as a community in which all of us are sharing our, our experiences. And, and that somehow is, a, I feel a sense of nourishment in that. And a lot of the times, you know, Pali, studying Pali is studying Buddhism. So a lot of the times things I learn, maybe, you know, we have the Pali class in the morning, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So things I learn or discuss in the morning class, I would go into my uh, engagement or appointment with students later in the day, and I would find myself using those resources that we have discussed. Not necessarily the Pali grammatical and linguistic uh, details, but the, the, the teaching points and, and the stories that we discussed. Um, so I want to just say thank you to Professor Hellesi for allowing me to join even uh, many years after my um, graduation. The other thing I, thing I want to add is the diversity, as some of my friends have mentioned already, diversity in the community at, at HDS uh, enriched my experience and uh, left me with an impression that it is possible to have a meaningful engagement together in a diverse group of people, even if everyone in the group is not sharing the same tradition or, break, or background. Um, and I feel that that has somehow influenced my work in cultivating an intentional community on campus where members from various religious or spiritual backgrounds have 
meaningful interactions to learn with and from each other, to care, care to listen to each other and to sit with their questions, reflections and experiences. In an intentional community like this, um, we, we try to focus not just on what meaning we get out of the interaction, but also at the same time on how we make it meaningful. So the kind of you know, how we engage with each other in this space, what kind of experiences we're sharing or, or how does it make us feel when we're listening to someone else. And um, I try my best to cultivate this approach in the regular group discussions that we might have every uh, weekly or bi-weekly and definitely in the off-campus retreats that um, I have tried to kind of do with our students every semester. Um, and I want to also add that another important takeaway for me from HDS is the, the understanding that there is a plurality, um, a multiplicity of approaches, engagements, and experiences within and beyond any specific spiritual and religious tradition or practice. So, and that has helped me to remain open to possibilities, open to, to opportunities. Um, and I feel that this has helped me to understand and to connect with the community, with our students, in that I am accepting of the people, of the students as they come, as they are. And at the same time, it also helps me to be a companion to them as they are voicing their realities, as they are discovering the path. Um, not necessarily that I am the one always, you know, showing them or giving them um, things, but maybe I'm just there listening to the realities that they bring and just being a companion, um, sort of creating a space where they are heard and acknowledged. Uh, it can also make them feel empowered. So again, going back to the idea that um, there are multiple realities and multiple ways of engaging with that and creating a kind of community where they all feel like they are, are heard and, and acknowledged. Um, all of this to say that I'm still um, learning and expanding in my work, in my ministry. Um, one thing I want to say is that before my chaplaincy engagement, I actually did not lead any groups in terms of uh, Dharma discussions or meditations or even retreats. Um, so when I joined Tafsi University, everything I did there were the first time I was doing them uh, in, in my life. So uh, to say that all of that experience was very much formative for me, and I feel like I was struggling a lot, um, but I also learned a lot through those struggles and um uh and because of those struggles and and difficulties one of my hope is to see a kind of proper uh network of buddhist chaplains in higher ed where uh, we can not only inform ourselves and share our experiences but also upcoming uh, uh people who are interested in in chaplaincy in higher ed so they can learn and and prepare themselves better knowing fully well that there's no way to prepare ourselves for uh, for the work. Uh, it's learning in the experience itself. Um, also indicating the fact that it doesn't matter how good the programs at HDS is, it's never going to prepare anyone fully for the work they are uh, going to experience in the field. Um, um, <clears throat> 
So in terms of um, some words or, or suggestions that I might give to uh, the current cohort or, or future students, um, when I was thinking about that, what came to my mind is the fact that um, from the little that I see happening around me nowadays, it looks like the awareness regarding mental health, mental well-being, spirituality, justice, and, and practices of care uh, is expanding expanding institutionally. Um, and more and more people are realizing the importance of mental, spiritual, and emotional well-being. So there may be opportunities for um, HDS students to help cultivate care and justice in institutions such as in higher ed, uh, hospitals, and even in other companies in the in the corporate world. So, um, and my understanding is that the experience at HDS is is so relevant because it addresses the various issues of being human and the issues of our becoming through all the, the various texts, practices, histories, imaginations, and, and all that HDS cultivates, the students are curiously looking at what has been done as well as what can be done about adding meaning and value to life. So my sense is that there are all kinds of opportunities for students to be relevant, whether in higher ed, hospital, army, or, or, or prison chaplaincy, uh, you know, the list goes on, as long as they are looking for a way to cultivate meaning and care for communities that are suffering and under pressure. Because so long, at least so far, so long as life goes on, there is always um, pressure and, and oppression and injustice and, and pain and suffering. So, so the relevance of the work that is being cultivated at HDS always has place. Um, and, you know, there is never an end to that. So um, I want to stop here and uh, thank you again for inviting me to this, to this gathering, to this celebration. And I'm just glad that this successful continuation of BMI is, has come so far and will continue far beyond. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. Rucket, that was such an eloquently and beautifully delivered statement. Uh, I definitely think that uh, we can talk about the learned ministry and what being a learned minister has meant and is continuing to mean for you. And it's, and it's especially great to hear uh, your particular experiences as a chaplain, which of course is one of the um, main foci, foci of the uh, um, program in Buddhist ministry. So thanks very much. I also want to make sure that no one gets the impression that the international fellows are admitted to the Buddhist Ministry Initiative on the basis of whether or not they're smiling in the, the photographs that they submit. Uh, it's only true 99% of the time. Yeah.